Welcome to Also Cool Sounds Like. This season, we're featuring the stories and creative journeys of Montreal musicians. We're having conversations about where their musical inspiration comes from, what keeps them going, and what finding their place in the Montreal music scene has been like. I'm your host, Aviva. And I'm your other host, Gwen. Who do we hear from today? I interviewed Grégory Yves Fenelon, who is November. I remember when we did this interview with him and we asked him like how do you want us to refer to you like what's the name of your act and like what's your name and he said I am November so going forward for everyone please be aware of that yes he has a very theatrical air about him um he studied theater and he loves performing in his music he creates these soundscapes and he makes these really creative immersive experiences yeah I really love all of this music because he says that he takes a lot of inspiration from like 80s power ballads and like goth electronic music and those are a lot of my buzzwords so I had a great time editing this episode it was just like me listening to music in my house and yeah he's got a really iconic aesthetic that you can always see featured in his music videos and we're really excited to hear what comes next from him which speaking of you'll want to listen through to the very end of this episode because we have an also cool sounds like exclusive so stay tuned listen to the whole thing so are you ready to dive in yeah welcome to the show Our sponsor for today's episode is Dispatch Coffee. Visit www.dispatchcoffee.ca to try a coffee bag for home or coffee subscription today and get 20% off your first order. Use also cool at checkout. singer, producer, actor, a part-time dream boy, and I make music. I tend to float between genres, but I always say that my music is very emotional. Um, it tends to have a lot of synths, a lot of pads, um, landscapes in terms of sounds, but it's very much pop. I very much take inspiration from that and the structures in that. So in short, I like to say my music is really Depeche Mode meets George Michael meets 90s R&B. I started making music, so I, um, around when I was 11 or 12, I decided I needed a thing. You know what I mean? I was like, I need a thing. I'm like a growing boy. And I had always really had inklings towards the arts. I've always been a really creative kid. So I started basically around a year or so later after really, really begging my mom, taking drama classes at school and also getting into music in terms of like um, taking vocal lessons. That's what I really begged my mom for. I begged her for vocal lessons. I got heavily into musical theater for a while and I went to go study it in the United States. And between all of that, I just consumed, consumed, consumed. I've always been really curious. And when I moved to Montreal, I sort of was like, this is a city where now I feel I have roots. And so I really started to bog down and flesh out the November project. And I say the November project, but November is me. You know what I mean? And in terms of that, from that point forward, um, I just started working, writing, creating, and I've put out about two EPs since then and a really early mixtape. Yeah. 
tell me a bit what your vocal practice is like and how you use your voice as an instrument? How do you practice? Here comes all the music major terms, everyone. Get ready because you know it really is like an instrument in that sense. For vocals, it's really, you know, some people learn to become like guitar virtuoso. Some people become like super fucking sick at the keys. I realized that voice was my thing early on and that's the thing I had to sort of develop and perfect. The practice that I that I sort of use is making sure that I don't overdo it for the sake of overdoing it, which is I think something I used to do when I was a younger artist and instead just use my vocals as another layer and in using them as another layer of you know there's there's an ease that comes with skill and that comes with practice and that comes with doing it for a few years so having that access to be able to have an idea and execute it makes it really cool and in terms of live shows this <laughs> like if anyone's played with me they'll, they'll attest to this you'll I'm often like the one you hear just doing like loud ass vocal warm ups in like a green room or like not even a green room, like a hallway, back alleys, um, the middle of the stage. Like you know what I mean? Anywhere I can warm up because that's the thing I think that just makes it sort of vocal majory is that I really um, I believe in warming up and taking care of it that way. That's awesome. And how has your acting background fed into your musical projects and your musical performances? they really inform each other and they really have informed each other is what I've discovered. And I think that manifests in the sense that like, I'm very comfortable on stage. I'm very free on stage and I'm very okay with performance in a lot of ways. And there is like a zone that I'm able to tap into that is common between both of them when you're, you're doing them, that, you know, that they're, they're two completely different things, but there's this zone, this performance zone, this look, this place you look into that is easier to access because I've been accessing it from multiple places. And what does it feel like when you're performing? It's such a, it's such an emotional, like physical experience, honestly. It feels like I am very raw. It suddenly feels like some of these songs that I have written years ago, like come back in the most amazing ways and just fill my body and come out through my vocal cords. And I would say, I just feel like there's, uh, there's usually this moment because I like to start my sets off with an acapella because people start listening when you start singing acapella. And I say, I only bring this up to say that, like, there's always this moment where, like, there's, like, a collective exhale. And that is, is when I, when you talk about, like, what I really feel when performing, like, that exhale is what I feel because that's when I know, like, okay, me and the audience are connected in this. We're doing this. We're here. We're on board for the next, like, 30, 40, whatever fuck minutes. And it's almost like, yeah, an attention grabbing thing. And also as if because vocals are your like main instrument to actually highlight that because it is so many like DIY live shows. It's so hard to hear the vocalist, you know? Oh, my God. (laughs) This is actually such a this is such a thing that I that yes, that I would say all the time. Actually, when I would be at shows and I'd be like, I want to hear the lyrics, y'all. Like, please, we need to prioritize, you know? You wrote these beautiful songs. Let me hear them. But yes, I agree. I agree. I've been ruined and I was my dreams, but I decided to.
a little bit to kind of your creative process and your songwriting process. I'm such a fucking songwriting nerd. Like that is honestly probably my favorite part of the, of the whole thing because I just love playing with words and like hiding as much meaning in like a three minute pop song as you can. That's really, really my like my favorite thing to do with music is just stack a bunch of stuff in like a catchy melody or whatever. So in terms of um, songwriting process, I have like a two, three ways I usually do things. I'll sometimes just work backwards from song titles. I really think that there's power in a name and there's power in like the things that you name your song. So sometimes I'll be like, this is a cool song title. So I always separate my projects in terms of EPs and uh, record in terms of whatever, because the album is what I really, really love in terms of music. Um, I always really love that format. I love telling a long form story that way. So in terms of songwriting process, I'll sometimes start stacking up a bunch of song titles and then I'll just keep them there until until I am like okay now I'm beginning to work on this thing and then I'll revisit the ones that I think are very cool sometimes they'll elicit something else from me which will then go on to be developed which sort of bleeds into the second way that I, I write songs I'll just be living life and get an idea and record it on my voice notes sometimes they're cool and I remember them and like I can usually tell which ones I'm going to use because I'll keep you know I'll keep singing them or I'll keep thinking about them and I'll never forget them but the ones that sometimes get lost to the wayside you know they get lost to the wayside I never originally saw myself being a producer when I thought I'm gonna make music I always saw myself writing the songs I never never thought that that was gonna be a thing that I couldn't be good at but production was never something I thought I do. And when I first started making music, I remember multiple experiences of trying to, which happens sort of when you're a singer, songwriter, and you don't have your own production um, background, is that I would be describing songs to people and I would describe what I hear and I'd be like, I just, this is what I, I, I feel is going to be and like the genre and whatever. And people would just like look at me just like, the fuck? No, you know what I mean? Like they'd really just be like, they'd be like, what are you talking about right now? And that those sort of reactions are what sort of pushed me to be at this point where I was like, okay, I have to fucking make this happen. first here on this season of Also Cool Sounds Like, we're going to talk about an unreleased song. November was eager to discuss his upcoming track, Lover in the Mirror. Yes, Lover in the Mirror. That one, I remember distinctly, it was uh, a voice note originally with the chorus idea. So, lover in the mirror. Lover in the mirror. When they You know, as soon as I had that chorus part, I really, I knew... I knew that it was one of the songs that I was going to make that was really going to lean towards like the sort of ethereal 80s influences that I tend to have. There's like a an inspiration in there from from In the Air Tonight <laughs> that I really, really felt for it. And like that sort of like 80s, 90s, like power ballad thing. Love general meaning of it is, is just about self-love which is what I discovered after like 
playing it myself, listening to it for, for a bunch of like weeks and months. Because originally when I wrote it, part of my craftsness to y'all who are listening, because originally when I wrote it, it was honestly just about like masturbating in a mirror. Yeah, if you go back and listen to it now, you'll probably be like, oh. Like it's really, it's really about like like self love and looking in the mirror while you do it because it came about during like peak lockdown times. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. So yeah, that's what I mean when I say that being able to imbue a lot of meanings in like the span of a pop song. You know what I mean? Layers to it, make it fun. But yeah, that's the original meaning. reminiscence of like Gregorian chant in a way. Do you draw on kind of like modal melodies in this song? Is that something you thought about? I hadn't, but now I sort of am because there are a lot of influences. I grew up going to church like every week until I was 18. That bleeds into a lot of my influences in terms of the writing, first of all. I'm not a necessarily religious Roman Catholic person, but I think the iconotry and like the the images and religion period but catholicism are so cool like you know the angels and the burning bushes and the pestilence and all that kind of stuff like i think that that kind of thing is very interesting in terms of the writing standpoint i think the music also infiltrates it in terms of places like that i also saw that you you had said that when you grew up you had like music playing constantly in your home is that something that you still do today <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 my mom ironically enough when she she'd be blasting music at home she'd be like we're not at church we don't need to be quiet in here so yeah it's something that i still do to this day i to the point where like sometimes i've met people who tell me they don't play music at all and i'm always like super stunned because i'm like well what do you just do when you're just at home and you know just vibing out and they're like well nothing and there's silence and i'm like whoa so yeah, I always, um, I'm always listening to albums. I have um, radio shows that I enjoy, mixes that I enjoy, but there's always something playing here. Our sponsor for today's episode is Dispatch Coffee. Dispatch delivers traceable and ethically sourced coffee from small-scale farms to doorsteps across Canada. Their beans are expertly roasted in Montreal, which ensures your coffee will be fresher and higher quality than what you can get in the grocery store. Visit www.dispatchcoffee.ca to try a coffee bag for home or coffee subscription today and get 20% off your first order. Use also cool at checkout. huge role in November's music. He's always dressed in eye-catching overlapping styles and his music videos are created with purpose, which underscores his desire to incorporate layers of meaning into pop music. I wanted to learn more about how these visual themes inform his artistry. How do you describe your fashion aesthetic and how does it play into your music and into your performance? I would definitely say it's sort of like slutty gay biker goth mixed with really like sort of preppy eastern european dark aesthetics <laughs> like i feel like you can really hear the the depeche mode influence in that in that on one end and then like 
for for the other end but like yeah i i really i love leather i love leather jackets i love there's a mesh shirt that you will almost always catch me in at this point um i very much it's very much the november uniform i love you know opera gloves i love a lot of blacks but i also love shiny things i love like really bombastic show outfits i like to incorporate fashion and style and sort of make it an extension of the music in that it is a little larger than life but a fun part of that large what about visual art like videography and photography how comfortable are you with that someone once told me i have a good eye so that's what i hold on to in terms of that the way that it informs it is that again i i don't see any aspect of what i put out as disconnected from each other it is all november and it is all this world and this ecosystem and that includes the visuals i really really try and be precise with the videos and i really try and be precise with the imagery they you know it's never random it's always really it's always really informed by the music and always really informed by stuff that i'm into at the moment as, as someone that's online and, on, and again on the internet and stuff I'm like constantly saving pictures constantly looking at things constantly reading articles constantly just like looking to different sources because I think it always is very important to envelope whoever is coming to listen to my music in like I said this November world most recent single is the bilingual prophète. The song starts in French and transitions to English. So I asked him about some of the artistic decisions behind this track. It's about sort of just like being lost in your own fantasy. In a literal sense, creating in your head like this idealized version of what the perfect partner would be and all these qualities and all these things first of all getting lost in that fa that that fantasy in itself with which i find can sort of in terms of myself like take me away <laughs> because at the same time when you create this idealized person this idealized version i came to this realization where i was just like well that person isn't real i can't you know i can't build a i can't can't build a man if I could do that, we'd all be, you know what I mean? Problems would have been solved. So like in that sense, it was really, it's really a song about um, being lost in that fantasy of like creating that idealized partner and that person not being real. And then also the second part of that is just sort of realizing that a lot of those qualities you already possess and you have within yourself and sort of me falling in love with that, like the, realizing that idealized person is kind of me. First part, the French intro is really meant to be like sung from me, literal November perspective. Whereas the second part, the English verse is really meant to be that idealized version sort of speaking back. So in the first part, there's lyrics that go, Je boude car, écoute j'en ai marre, prie pour la pluie à chaque soir. Which is like, I'm pouting and, um, 
because I have to pray for rain every night. So it was really, it's really that feeling of like being in the dry Sahara and like praying for rain and knowing again, and I use that metaphor specifically with the, with the desert because like it's not going necessarily to come, you know what I mean? <laughs> places that you like describe yourself as a crier and I'm wondering what qualifies a good cry <laughs> uh, yes 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 what qualifies a good cry a good cry I would say you and your body dear dear listener whoever you are you and your body know what catharsis feels like you know what it means you know how you feel when you feel released from whatever that thing was, when that, that lump in your throat or whatever is gone, so to speak. And I think a good cry, whether it come from watching a reality show and watching like your favorite person win or whether it come from like the saddest movie you've ever seen or whether it come from like you playing that song you love and it hitting that drum part you like. I just feel like the cry at the other end, whether again it be 30 seconds or 10 minutes, you just feel like your breath is more free. I guess that's the, the, the easiest way to describe it. Like you're more, the breath is free and you're just like, and you feel that catharsis and that release. Does does that emotion ever play into your songwriting? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like a crucial part of my music making process because I want people listening to what I make to experience catharsis. They won't all, you know, some are going to play it and be like, what the fuck is this? But in terms of other people, I really do. And especially for the shows, I want people to, to feel when they play the music and I want them to release something. What do you think is your craziest, like, Montreal music memory? Shows at, like, Casa del Popolo, R.I.P., were always a vibe, and whatever, whoever was playing there, it was always just the perfect size for it to both be intimate but also large. So I just, there are so many, I can't even, like, name one off the top of my head, but so many shows that, like, I saw there that I just loved Casa. Um, but on the other end of that, I would definitely say, like, certain shows where I've, I've done that I've been sort of, like art meetups where people just sort of get together and create and there's like visual stuff going on and open like sort of a mics with musicians and like rotating people who can come in and out and a few years ago I did one of those where I just like came up with all these cool melodies and vocals with this other this other girl um, named Cleopatra and it was such like an art, you know, it was such like an art school, art scene, Montreal music moment, that whole thing. And there's like these people playing jazz in the background and I'm like wearing a fur coat and we're like thrashing around. It was just very, I was like, oh my God, I am in my youth. You know what I mean? Like I am living, this is it. Like I am in the sixties. I like to stop and take in moments. And that was definitely one of those things where I like stopped and just looked around for a second and I was just like, I am here, I am now. And are you looking forward to anything in like the Montreal music scene right now? I would just say um, seeing 
like I said, colleagues and a sort of like uh, this this batch of musicians on on the rise and the come up and making their name around and sort of putting Montreal on the map. That's something that I'm just really happy to see and be a part of in whatever way possible. What are you working on right now? I'm working on my first album, um, very loosely doing that in terms of that whole process I described to you with the songs at first. Like I am amassing song titles and and like also lyrics, which is a whole thing that I like to do. I When I get lyrics, I'll write them down in my notes, sort of starting to build the support and the team for that. But I'm working on it. It has, I already have a name for it because like I said, you know, there's power in a name and I look forward to developing it over the next few, however long it'll take. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Is there anything else you'd like to plug? You know, listen to Prophet. Um, It is out now. Listen to Lover in the Mirror. (laughs) And I would just say, I hope you're having a great day. And I wish you all peace and love. Go easy on yourself. Also Cool Sounds Like is hosted, produced, and edited by me, Aviva Lassard, and Gwen Rowley in collaboration with Also Cool Magazine. Shout out to the Also Coolers, Malika Astorga, Zoe Argeropoulos-Hunter, and Rebecca Judd for their editorial support. Our intro music is by Jacob Lassard, and the show's artwork is designed by Christina Rivera. This episode was brought to you by Dispatch Coffee. Check out the magazine at alsocoolmag.com or on Instagram at alsocoolmag you'll find some bonus content of the artists you hear on this very podcast. Lover in the Mirror will be out in June. We'll include a link to November's socials and streaming in the show notes. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. If you would like to be featured on the show or want to recommend an artist, email us at podcast at alsocoolmag.com. Thanks for listening.